thank you for joining us for another episode of NICE Talks. I'm Matthew Brown, part of NICE's media relations team. In this episode, we're going to be learning more about NICE's role in developing guidance for digital health technologies for the NHS. Joining me in conversation down the line from their respective offices are Lord Bethel of Romford, the Department of Health and Social Care's Minister for Innovation, and Minot Boyson, NICE's Deputy Chief Executive and Director for the Centre of Health Technology Evaluation. I started by asking Lord Bethel how ambitious the government wants to be in the area of digital, data-driven and AI technologies. We're unbelievably ambitious, we really are. And for a long time we've seen the vision of a large number of technologies, um, digital technologies, AI, genomics, big data. We are backing all the horses in every way we possibly can. But I think that the ambition has seen a recent and emphatic uh, inflection point. Our ambition is now less about the vision thing and more about the application of new technologies to delivering patient outcomes. You know, reality bites, you know, you can make all these dreams and, and um, paint a, a rosy picture of the future. But what I'm asking teams to do now is uh, show me the money, show me how you really can make a difference. Now, it's been really interesting through COVID how things like the technologies that help GPs do um, telemedicine with, with their patients completely transformed from being a vision thing to being an absolute real thing uh, where 50% of consultations are done on video. That's the kind of inflection point from vision to operation that I want to see for AI, genomics, big data and the other uh, engines of innovation. And for you, Mindets. NICE recently published guidance on the first appraisal from its digital health technologies pilot. What has NICE learned from the pilot and are the organisation's methods and processes up to the challenge of appraising digital health technologies? We've done an awful lot of work already in the digital space and we've been truly excited. I think we did our first technology evaluation of a digital technology in 2002. It was uh, cognitive behavioral therapy via a computer. Uh, imagine, imagine how long digital has been around. But of course, our recent investigation in five technologies in the pilot was to try and extract some of that practicality that you just talked about. Because it's all well and good to have a vision about making sure that the NHS is, is the adopter of truly innovative technologies. When we don't really know what their value are, it's difficult to support it. We need to first and foremost, make sure that patients, the NHS, that they understand what the value of those technologies is. So we're, we did this pilot and we looked at ZOXT as, as the technology that came out. And we learned a lot because actually where it started, people really need to be educated. So our committees, which are independent members, often extracted from the NHS or clinicians, do they know what we're talking about? What are the, the the defining criteria for digital technologies? How different are they in the way they are applied? And what expectations might you have from our method? There's a lot of questions and education we have to do. There was one learning, and that, that goes across actually new technologies. Early engagement, early understanding of where the evidence gaps are, and finding solutions early is another one of those learnings that, that we really want to hammer home also with our colleagues in industry and payers. And thirdly, back to your analogy with the horse races, 
backing the right horse is important. And so horizon scanning and understanding what's coming is one that we share amongst the various collaborators in the AAC, the Accelerated Access Collaborative, as, as a key focus point, joint horizon scanning, picking a, a potential winner and test and learn is, uh, is what, we, what we're keen to do in the next months. That's really interesting. So Lord Bethel, where do you believe that NICE can add the greatest value to digital health sector? Uh, the reason why I was keen to talk is that what NICE does is to effectively manage that transition I talked about earlier. Because you take the visionary and the, um, the clinical trials and the, and the optimism and turn it into something that clinicians, you know, as, as Meinhardt was saying, can use and they have the guidelines and that they can trust the material because a lot of them are coming from different places. They may be highly conservative and skeptical or they might be uh, super ambitious, but they need to have accreditation and validation that they can rely upon. They need to understand what the use cases should be. Uh, they need to have confidence that what they're doing is the right thing because some of these are completely novel technologies mm. uh, and whilst they are maybe feeling adventurous and, and keen to apply new technology they need to have their uh, confidence in place nice is critical for that and that's why the nice uh, method and the nice uh, brand and the, and the way in which you engage with clinicians is so important mm. because they do trust you they know that it's backed by science and by research and by validation methods, uh, and they're willing to go along. And we've seen time and time again, when NICE makes an emphatic commitment on a therapy or on a device or, or on an approach, it you know it flies off the shelf. And that's, that's because there's trust. And we can only make progress on new technologies if, if there is trust. I've seen time and again in my business and ministerial career where optimism and dreams have tripped over when the consumer doesn't know that they can rely or trust on something mm. and therefore building that bridge of confidence is absolutely critical and that's what I think NICE brings to the party. So back to you Mindits, how is NICE working with health system partners to ensure that innovators are aware of the pathway to access the NHS market? Yeah what a, what a, what a, good, what a good question because innovators are the center of this story, aren't they? Uh, apart from patients uh, and, and, and the NHS, but the innovators need to understand how they can navigate through the system. And for that, we we want to launch our own office for digital health technologies. We, we think that is a really good way for innovators to knock on a door of a national institute and find the various routes to market uh, laid out in clear ways, supported by uh, evidence collection where required and collaboration with, with other health system partners. And so this Office for Digital Health Technologies is one thing that we will have in mind for, for March, but already we're doing a lot of work with our colleagues and in particular with the MHRA, because in an interesting way, you know, this, is, this area has, uh, hasn't had the, the, the regulatory support that perhaps medicines have had since the early 60s and of course lo and behold we don't want a thalidomide for digital health technologies we don't want that to happen to then wake up to a regulatory system but you know here here we have an opportunity to do something together and and so i would want to call out one specific one which is uh, on ai where in the ai fund we are working with the mhra and cqc and the hra 
in a multi-agency advice service. So we're, we're giving innovators uh, or will be giving innovators advice on what regulatory access and inspection criteria and evidence might be uh, for them to, to take into account. So that's, that's a really clear collaborative work. So Lord Bethel, does the government believe there needs to be a funding requirement for digital health technologies recommended by NICE along similar terms to technology appraisals? And you might know that um, in the last few days, Belgium has now enacted a, a, a funding requirement along, and Germany currently does that as well at the same time. Well, Matthew, you know, as you know, the legal funding requirement that is attached to a positive NICE technology appraisal or a nice highly specialist technology evaluation can also apply to other health technologies such as medical devices and digital health technology. So there are structures in place already. But I think your question is spot on. I think maybe that we have to acknowledge that there is a need for stronger signals in the system for the NHS to make use of proven digital technologies. And that was the thinking behind the MedTech funding mandate. Now that we're launching that now and it's going to be effective from April 2021 and it, the aspiration, we are, what we're hoping is that it will ensure that patients are benefiting from the best, nice approved digital products, devices and diagnostics uh, and also that it will have an impact on the innovation market itself, that the funding mandate will ensure spe specified innovations are funded locally and that entrepreneurs can see our commitment to this area and will step up to the investment uh, and focus required to, to create really great new uh, medtech innovations. Not mind it, NICE has been reviewing its method and processes. Are they robust for the evaluation of digital health technologies? And is the route to adoption by the NHS clear? Well, you know, I, would say, I would say our methods are robust. And, and actually, they are robust when we think about the, the classical consideration of clinical effectiveness and cost effectiveness. But with digital technologies, there's lots more that one has to consider. They are part of a pathway of care often, and therefore it is not as straightforward as perhaps we are used to with medicines. And that's why we, in 2018 and 19, put out our evidence standards framework, sending a very clear signal to innovators what exactly we believe the evidence ought to be that you submit to NICE. And we used that evidence standards framework to delineate some categories of products where patients might be at the greatest risk, so to say. Those tiered criteria for consideration of those technologies with the standard framework sets an innovator up perfectly to present the, the, the material that, that we need to see. And they have a lot of opportunities to talk to us. We have an office for market access where innovators are most welcome to understand what's required. And of course, through our Health Tech Connect horizon scanning service, we help technology innovators understand what the package ought to be that NICE will use. So our methods are up to scratch, but we will need to do a lot more for uh, innovators to understand what we want. There's one little but, is that where it comes to AI and learning algorithms, that's where it becomes quite tricky. Because a medicine, a medical device, even lots of the digital technologies are rather static products, aren't they? You know, they do something on a day or, 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 or over a period of time, but 
the moment the technology starts learning from what it's doing, how you then use that in your methods is a, is a whole new area. And we're, we're keen to collaborate again with our health system partners on finding solutions for that question. That's going to be a really interesting piece of work that we're going to be doing with our colleagues. So Lord Bethel, how do work health system partners need to work together? Well, that's a really good question. The NHS is unbelievably complicated and uh, challenging to navigate. And so this is a, a really important uh, area. It's one of the reasons why we established the Accelerated Access Collaborative, which is to tackle the long-term cultural, practical and systemic barriers to innovation within the NHS. And it has had a huge impact. I mean, I'm really vicariously proud of the AAC and the new CEO, Matt Whitty, is going to have a big impact. Uh, and I, I heard recently about HeartFlow, one of the products that it's been championing. It's now in 22 new sites, uh, creating a clinical pathway for patients with chest pain uh, so that they can adopt digital heart scan technology that reduces invasive procedures uh, and probably costs and, 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 and time. I mean, that's exactly the kind of project that AAC was put in place for, and I'm really pleased to hear it's making a big impact on that. But AAC can't do everything on its own. There are other players. So I'm pleased that the MHRA has its innovation office that helps organizations navigate the regulatory system. And NICE, of course, you have um, the Office for Market Access, which helps industry to engage with NICE and the healthcare system for, for market access. But we're also um, aware that the system has to signal uh, appropriately to innovators and in industry. And so that's one of the components of the innovation service, an online platform that we hope will help innovators navigate the innovation ecosystem. It's due to launch in the summer 2021. It'll have uh, critical information to help innovators navigate the route to market. I think it'll make a big difference because it is complicated, the NHS, and you need that kind of central hub to guide people <coughs> through the various efforts we make to um, give a leg up to innovators. What are NICE's ambitions and future plans for this sector? In our own strategic plan for, for the next five years, we have signaled three technology categories that we're really excited about. Genomics, ATMPs and digital. And that's what our new board will be standing behind and they'll be pushing me and the team and, and Gillian Lang, our chief executive, on delivering innovation. And, and we, we feel supported definitely by the, the, the comments of the minister around the AAC, and we're very keen to be a very active partner in that work. For us, the ambition is to be the lead organization in the management of these health technologies, because it's, it is the complex interface between regulation, access, adoption, commissioning, where we feel our evaluation really fits neatly in the middle. Responding to your earlier question, Matt, about the payment system, I think that is the thing that perhaps is at the moment not clear, is who are the commissioners of these technologies and where it comes to specialized medicines, we know who to talk to. But it's a bit diffuse, so to say, when it comes to digital technologies, who exactly will be the payer or commissioner? Because it may well be a patient themselves. It could be a local NHS trust. It could be NHSX. So I think that would be worth clarifying in the next months. That's a very good point. And Lord Bethel, is there anything you'd like to highlight about the government's work and your role within this area? Certainly the um, COVID pandemic has really reinforced in my mind that in some ways all health is digital 
I am really struck by the work I've been doing on diagnostics with test and trace. You know, getting a test into someone's hands is is relatively straightforward and relatively. Then managing the data aspect of it to ensure that the right information gets to the right people, that the analysis can be done, that it's shared with researchers in the right way, that we have the surveillance and, and analytical systems in place. I mean, that is unbelievably important. The trouble of taking the test is completely negligible if that work is not done properly. The turnaround times and the practicalities of that are critical to the impact of the, taking the test. So, you know, managing all the data and ensuring that the therapeutics and the diagnostics are linked to data brings massive leverage to every single medical intervention that we do. And I'm really committed to making that work. I'm, I'm reminded of uh, Accurex, who are delivering monitoring technologies to reduce face-to-face -face patient engagement. You know, that kind of video conferencing to assist triage and the treatment of patients suffering from symptoms in a way that keeps them out of the GP surgery at a time of a pandemic. Unbelievably valuable. And there are hundreds of products like that that I think do need to be accelerated through the system and make a massive, massive difference. And so, yes, we are really committed to this area and want to see it thrive and, and, and have a bigger impact on the system. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nice Talks. If you're not already a subscriber and you've enjoyed what you've heard, why not hit the subscribe button now? And also recommend us to a friend or colleague. You'll find us on social media too. Search for at NiceCons. Join us again next month for another episode. Thank you for listening and goodbye.